Hello, you're listening to VHC, Vibes, History, and Culture, a show where we explore the unknown and little-known facts and gems about music and popular culture from a millennial lens. This is your host, Kevin Washington, and we have a great episode of VHC for you. We're taking a little deep dive into what I like to call the gospel music pipeline to R&B and soul. And what is that, you ask? Well, it's where R&B, soul, or pop singers, even hip-hop artists, whose talents first began in gospel music and in American music in the last century, began in the black church tradition. And there's a list of who's who in R&B, soul, pop, and hip-hop who have that background. But we're going to look into two iconic artists who I believe perfectly exemplify the rich history and the long intersection between secular music and gospel music. So come vibe with us on this journey to the gospel pipeline to R&B and soul. When you think about gospel music, either a classic from the eras of the mighty clouds of joy, To some of the new school gospel like Kirk Franklin. For those of you that think that gospel music has gone too far, you think we've gotten too radical with our message. Well, I got news for you. You ain't heard nothing yet. And if you don't know, now you know. Glory, glory! Woo! <laughs> you better put them hands together and act like you know up in here. Growing up in African-American culture, especially in the 1990s, I would hear on the radio R&B, whether that be new school or the classics, hip hop and gospel music. And I didn't just hear gospel music on the gospel stations. We heard it on the R&B and classic soul stations, as well as the R&B and hip hop stations. Shout out to V101.9 and Power 98 and in the great mixtures of these genres we heard gospel included because it's an important genre and story within the black American experience and culture. It's the kind of music that transcends through time. Not only is it music that gives praises to God, but it digs deep into your soul, lifts you up and carries you through. It is also something that is truly organically black American made with influences that date back to Mother Africa, the ring shout, the clapping of the hands, drums, and the powerhouse singing from one's heart and soul. That is the root of Black American gospel, songs of praises that come from a people that endured. And with that, 
It's also a genre that influenced and birthed multiple genres of music from blues, jazz, rock and roll. Yes, I said it, rock and roll. May I present to you Sister Rosetta Thorpe. Chasha fit the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Chasha fit the battle of Jericho. The walls came tumbling down. Come on if you wanna. Chasha fit the battle of Jericho. She came out of the denomination of the Church of God in Christ and would go on to become known for mixing spiritual lyrics with her electric guitar. And she was the first recording star of gospel music. Also among the first gospel musicians to appeal to R&B and rock and roll audiences, who will later refer her as the original soul sister and the godmother of rock and roll. And the artist she influenced, man, we're talking about Little Richard, Johnny Cash, Chuck Berry, and Elvis Presley. Reason for that is because Sister Rosetta Thorpe was a pioneer in her guitar technique. She was among the first popular artists to use electric guitar, paving the way for the rise of electric blues. But back in her day, the gospel community, specifically the Kojic Church, often spoke out against her music due to the fact that she would perform gospel music for secular audiences. And I say all of this to bring to context the topic of today's show, to show the centuries-long link between gospel and secular music, primarily pertaining to R&B and soul. And as there were gospel artists like a sister Rosetta Thorpe, whose music would be popular with a lot of secular audiences, there are those who come up in the black church tradition, musically, and would later expand and go into the secular world. And as mentioned, there's a whole list. I'm talking Toni Braxton and, of course, her sisters like Tamar Braxton. Patti LaBelle, Mary J. Blige, Missy Elliott, Usher, Brandy, Monica, John Legend, Jennifer Hudson, Vantasia Barino. Also groups like Escape, FWV, Drew Hill, and yes, Queen B herself, Beyonce, who of course started out with the girl group Destiny's Child, who all grew up singing in church. In fact, Beyonce's mother, Tina Knowles Lawson, came up with the name Destiny's Child from a verse from the Bible. So there's that little tidbit. And I can go on and on with the list of the who's who of R&B, soul, pop, and hip-hop. Hey, even the songs and sound of Motown had influences of black gospel music. So the links are there and have always been there especially for those artists who started out singing in the church and will later become music superstars. But I wanted to show that they still carried along with them the essence and soulful power of gospel into their secular music. First, starting with the queen of soul, the late great Aretha Franklin. Born the daughter of the legendary preacher, the Reverend C.L. Franklin, 
pastor of the iconic New Bethel Baptist Church in Detroit. Aretha grew up singing in church as a preacher's kid, and some of her first recordings were of gospel music, with her father managing her. But Aretha would eventually venture out to perform secular music, following in the pathway of soul great the late Sam Cooke, whose path Aretha was inspired by, and who too started out in gospel music going into pop music. Aretha was signed with Columbia Records first in 1960 and wouldn't have much success earlier in her music career until she signed with Atlantic Records in 1967, where she traveled to Muscle Shoals, Alabama in the historic Fame Studios to record some of her hit recordings like... And the rest is history. <laughs> and there's not a song that I can't think of that doesn't have Aretha's gospel roots imprinted within the song. I mean, when Aretha sang, she was singing deep down within her gospel voice, bringing that to the forefront of popular music. I mean, there are so many songs that come to mind when I hear Aretha sing, and she is just straight taking us to church. And for a second, think about the songs you just heard. They were all covers of other artists from, and some from other genres, but she put the Aretha stamp on all of them. Soulful, soul-stirring, bone-chilling, and straight-up gospel. And that is how she started out, 
She started out in the church, and no matter what song she sang, you can't help but to hear and feel her gospel roots deep in that powerful instrument that is in her voice. And of course, she would sing other songs other than pop and R&B, and so she will also sing gospel music as well. An entire gospel album called Amazing Grace that was released in 1972, singing live, of course, in a church, like her early start in music at the pulpit of her father's church. As we continue to talk about R&B, soul, and hip-hop artists' roots in the church, it's important to know that without the music of the black church tradition, gospel, you wouldn't have a lot of your favorite artists and musical genres, period. And for a lot of them, music in the choir stands and pulpits of the church is the first stage a lot of these artists got their start. And that experience has helped carry them through into their own music. Just an example here, the R&B girl group Escape sang the cover of a Clark Sisters classic. And here's another example from a song from Escape. Take a listen to the opening of their 1993 classic song, Understanding. And here's another example. This is coming off of John Legend's debut release, where he is singing alongside his family. And to make a note here, John Legend grew up singing in a Pentecostal church. Speaking of the Clark sisters, a lot of the who's who of R&B and hip-hop 
have mentioned them as a big musical influence on their own music. So much so that Missy Elliott, Queen Latifah, and Mary J. Blige teamed up to co-produce a bioflick about the Clark sisters that aired on Lifetime in 2020. And also just to note, connecting back to Aretha, the Clark sisters was also her favorite gospel group, who are also from Detroit like Aretha, and who also performed at Aretha's funeral when she passed away in 2018. Oh, and Snoop Dogg appeared on their latest album. Yes, you heard right, Snoop Dogg. He too grew up on the Clark Sisters and grew to love their music as well. He performed the rap verse on a song coming off their 2020 release, The Return, His Love. So even though these performers would sing secular music, they still carried with them the training and the vocal techniques and the spirit of gospel music of which their musical roots lie. And we have another great singer who will follow Aretha's example, a church girl who got her musical start on the pulpit, but would go on to become a vocal powerhouse superstar in her own right. And she will also bring those gospel singing techniques to pop music as well. And I am talking about the voice herself, the late Whitney Houston. One of the best-selling artists of all time, over 220 million records sold worldwide. In 2023, Rolling Stone named her the second greatest singer of all time, who also influenced many singers in popular music today. On top of her majestic voice and vocal improvisation skills, whose musical talent started out in the black church tradition. In her home church, the New Hope Baptist Church in Newark, New Jersey, where she was born and raised. Her mother is Cece Houston, who was a Grammy-winning gospel and soul singer, who was a member of the Drinkard Singers. And the Drinkards were a gospel musical family in their own right, which also includes Cece's niece and Whitney's first cousin, the legendary singer herself, Dionne Warwick. Cece was also a member and the founder of the Sweet Inspirations, a popular session vocal group that recorded background vocals for Jimi Hendrix, Elvis Presley, and yes, you guessed it, Aretha Franklin, who became honorary auntie to Whitney. Although there's been some discrepancy over if Aretha was Whitney's godmother or honorary auntie. But it was really singing legend Darlene Love who was named Whitney's godmother. And Whitney, like Aretha, got her start out singing in church, 
singing with the church choir and making her first solo performance at age 12. And as she became a teenager, she told her mother she wanted to pursue a career in music. And her mom, of course, would help guide her in singing. By 1977, Whitney placed second, yes, the voice, <laughs> placed second place in a statewide talent show. After that, she would begin singing background for her mother's band on the cabaret club circuit in New York City. Then on February the 18th, 1978, Whitney, who was 14 at the time, sang secular solo for the first time at Manhattan's Town Hall. Singing the Broadway standard Tomorrow from the musical Annie. And then she would go on to sing background for Shaka Khan and Lou Rawls before being discovered by the head of Arister Records, Clive Davis, who assigned her and would of course go on to release her self-titled debut album with hits, including one of my personal faves from her. And other iconic hits and other faves of mine, like... tragically too soon i mean song after song after song the powerful range and vocal techniques are just majestic i mean it leaves an imprint on your soul and it carries your soul through and just i mean it just moves you and and since her death in 2012 i still get a little choked up every time i hear this song in particular
And with all that being said, you can't help but to hear how her gospel roots had an impact in her singing delivery of her songs, and which influenced generations of singers and performers. And like Aretha before her, she didn't stop performing gospel when she went secular. She performed gospel songs and gospel-inspired songs like this iconic duet with Mariah Carey. gospel was always in Whitney and part of her legacy, like the artists before and after her. The gospel foundation is how the soul in R&B and soul emerges. It's an interchangeable link that has passed through time and generations. It started out at the hush harbors during enslavement, through the sorrow songs and the songs of protest, Songs of Motown and songs of liberation like funk and disco. That deep underbelly in one's soul singing about one's experience with all our heart and soul. And it has had tremendous impact in every genre of music and will continue to do so. So when you hear an R&B, pop, or hip-hop artist mention their musical roots started in the pews and, and pulpit of the black church tradition, just remember, it is the sound, the talent, the artistry, the musicianship, the praising, the clapping of the hands, the dancing, the exuberance, the ring shout, the instrumentations, the vocal techniques, the power, the experience, and the soul of the black church and gospel music that made American music what it is today. As we close this episode, just want to thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast whenever you're listening to the podcast. And I'm so grateful to you for being a listener and I hope you will continue to listen to more VHC. And coming up in next week's show, we're going to have a little fun, we're going to have a little awesome fun 
on next week's show. We're going to go through some of my favorite 90s TV theme songs that could have easily have been a radio hit. In some cases, some were. So you want to tune in next week for that. Where all podcasts are available on Spotify as well as Buzzsprout. We're also on Apple Podcasts as well as Google Podcasts. You can reach out to me via email, kevwash46 at yahoo.com or on social media on Twitter at kevwash08 and Instagram at kevin underscore washington underscore 887. And VHC has a Facebook page. Just look us up on there also. And we have a website, kevwash 46 dot wixsite.com slash vhcp and again this is your host kevin thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time peace